The gospel from this morning is a familiar one. It's the healing of the centurion's servant. The centurion is a man in the Roman army who commands a hundred men. Thus, we get the century from that. So he's a commander of a hundred men. In today's parlance, he would be a captain, a company commander. So a man of middle rank, not low rank, but not super high rank. Um, Luke tells us in another, uh, another telling of this story, and this, uh, this appears both in Matthew 8 and Luke um, chapter 7, that this man um, loved the nation of Israel and had indeed built them a synagogue. It's possible that he was a proselyte, um, a, co- a convert to Judaism. Uh, it would have been uh, odd, but not impossible, uh, for a Roman uh, centurion to convert. Um, the Jews claim that Nero was a Jew um, in, the, in the Talmud, but there's no evidence of that otherwise. But that would have been a pretty um, uh, you know, uh, outstanding sort of a proselyte, although he was a terrible person. Um, but So it's recorded here that Jesus comes down off the mountain, and he's coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration. And there before him, is, he's presented with this leper. And the remarkable thing about this healing uh, because he healed lepers at a distance. But in this particular instance, and I suppose, you know, as, as his ministry continues, he's revealing more and more about himself. He reaches out and touches the leper. Now, this was against the law. <laughs> I mean, absolutely against the Old Testament code. In the Old Testament, uh, those with leprosy or Hansen's disease, as, as we describe it today, were required uh, to, to wear clothes that are torn and tattered, to look disheveled. So that at a certain distance, you could tell that there's something wrong with that person. Furthermore, at a certain distance, they had to, they had to say unclean, unclean, so that people could keep a wide berth from them. They were not allowed to live in a town. Most of them lived in communal caves uh, out in the wilderness, and most of them died from exposure and starvation, not the disease itself. They were so outcast and shunned. And... The idea, of course, is because uh, it is a tactilar disease, it's a disease transmitted by touch, that you certainly did not touch them. Because you see, as you touch them, then the disease would come and infect you. But the exact opposite happens with Jesus. He touches the disease, and what does the disease do? It retreats from his touch. And so it is with the Lord of glory that he heals all things in this world whether it be the soul or the body or whatever it is, he came to heal. And so as he walks through the world, healing just emanates from his presence. And then we come to the centurion. Now, in Luke's account, the centurion was so humble that he didn't even send himself. Uh, he, he, he didn't go himself. He sent servants and so a first group of servants came, and as he got closer, he said, oh, the centurion sees him, and he sends out another set of servants. Okay? Um, mind you that, that uh, Luke's account of this uh, is, is geared towards uh, the Gentiles, and Matthew's not. So Matthew cuts it short and just says, he came to him. And in a sense, of course, he did. He sent servants. 
But the, 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 the point with Matthew is, as he finishes it, I tell you, many will come from the east and west and sit at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. Their men will weep and gnash their teeth. And so his point is, is to incite the Jews to, to also do what even the pagans will do and accept the Messiah. Luke, on the other hand, is converted in Greece and he's traveled down to Palestine to make sure that everything that the Apostle Paul had said in Greece was true. And as he, as he you know, meets with the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, because of his uh, gospel accounts of, of her, his birth and things like that, we, we know he must have talked to her. Um, he's, he's, he's gathering these stories from the firsthand accounts of them. And we come to this phrase... That's part of the, of the Mass. It's part of the communion service, of the Eucharistic service. And it begins with, um, Behold the Lamb of God. Ece anus dei. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him that taketh away the sins of the world. Now that's an immediate quote from John the Baptist. When Jesus is walking by, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him that taketh away the sins of the world. And then the response comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and instead of servant, my soul shall be healed. The, the thing that I want to point out in this is, is this. The tremendous uh, humility uh, that this centurion has towards the Lord of glory. The problem with the world, uh, even even like you know your benevolent pagan out there that never darkens the door, is they 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 think they're pretty good and that they're okay. Really, well, I'm all right. I'm not a bad person. I go to work. You know, I don't beat my wife or kids and so forth and so on. But that's really not the case. I mean, some of them are just flat out antinomians, which means just lawless. They don't they don't know that they're that they're breaking the law, okay? They don't know that they owe God justice, which is religion, by the way. That's the just worship is what we owe God. Uh, and all the other things that, you know, that relativism brings to their lives. But the fact of the matter is, is that you cannot, you cannot repair something that is not broken. You cannot heal someone that is not sick. You cannot save someone who does not need to be saved. You see, the leper knew he was sick. The centurion knew that his servant was going to die. And we must know that we need to be saved. St. Augustine says of this verse, By declaring himself unworthy, he showed himself worthy. You get that? The reason why we have it in the Mass there, and the reason why we have, you know, ye who do earnestly and truly repent you of your sins and are love and charity through neighbors, and we have the confession, and we have the comfortable words, and we have the we do not presume, you know, the prayer of humble access. We do not presume to come to this thy table and merciful Lord, trust in our own righteousness. You can mouth those words, but, you have, but, but what, we, what we want is for you to feel them and believe them. Because that's the, that's the, the attitude of heart that you have to have when you approach the table of the Lord, when you approach Christ in general, it is that you approach it as unworthy. The communion is not for people who don't sin. On the contrary, 
It is for sinners. And that is why we say to us, we say to God, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my soul shall be healed. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my soul shall be healed. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my soul shall be healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.